For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. So many sports are in full swing right now, so there's no better time to get into sports betting than this very second. Go to Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbooks experts. Hey, what's up, Clipper Nation? Welcome in, everybody, to a new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker back with you here as we we talk to you at the end of the Clippers season. They fall in six games to to the Phoenix Suns, uh, losing in Game Six at Staples Center the other night, one thirty to one hundred three. So, Alex, it was a uh, you know, a tough ending for the Clippers, but I think as we'll, as we'll get into on this episode, you know, pretty deeply, uh, you know, not the the kind of embarrassment we saw last year. You know, frankly, the quite quite the opposite with just the incredible run that this team had, especially with some big injuries. But uh, it comes to an end in Game Six against Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they gave it everything they had, man. I can't even hold them for that at all. They definitely played, you know, unbelievable heart. It doesn't have that same, you know, effect as it did last year. You know what I mean? Where you know it was timid and scared and all those other things, but they definitely gave it their all. They just ran out of gas, like, like you said earlier. They haven't had a day off in so long. You know what I mean? And I really felt in Game Five they gave it everything they had. Even Paul did an amazing job. But we'll get into it more for sure, like you said. But you know, I'm just really proud of these guys, the way they actually uh, carried themselves. Um, all the way through the situation and held each other, you know, accountable for for being a team. Um, and during the circumstances that they had as well, too, the injuries and stuff like that, they they all stepped up and played good. Yeah, it's that, that feeling that, like you said, there's there's none of that crushing embarrassment, disappointment from last year. There's just the disappointment, I think, in the fact that we know how good this team is, and that you know, a, a lot of teams can say this, but that if healthy. Uh, you know, I think especially seeing how close and tough this series was without him, uh, but with Kawhi Leonard, obviously Zubats, Ibaka, other key guys missing. But you know, I think there's a pretty strong case to be made that if the Clippers are healthy, they're probably the team that's that's in the NBA Finals right now. But that's a, uh, you know, that's how it goes. As you said, the Lakers could feel that same way, the Nets could feel that same way, and uh, you know, as Mark as Marcus Morris said, the you know the healthier team won, which was Phoenix, who has you know not really had any significant injuries through this playoff run. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And that's definitely true. You never know under the circumstances. you got to be lucky, you know what I mean, in this yeah. playoff run to actually keep it going, for sure, health-wise. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's been really fun to watch this team, you know, of course with Kawhi, but even in this stretch without him where you mentioned them being shorthanded and just always finding ways to win. And that's been kind of the character of this team all year long where, you know, Reggie Jackson, who we've talked about at length, but just – what an unbelievable playoff run that he had with, you know, nine 20-point games in the playoffs and 
being yeah. the, the only player to make three or more threes in 15, more, 15 or more playoff games. The only other two that have done that are Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. So it shows you the kind of shooting that he was putting up in this this playoff run and, and, and across the board as well, of course, with the big games from Terrence Mann, you know, Zubats with his nice play before he got injured and, you know, down and down the line with, with Morris and, and, and Boogie and, and Kennard and everyone who, you know, had their moments in these playoffs to, to help the Clippers get as far as they did. Yeah, everybody had great moments, you know what I mean? They shined very well at the, at the perfect time. Uh, speaking of Reggie Jackson, man, he was hitting big shot after big shot, especially typically in, in, in the game five. You know, um, he played with poise. He played with leadership. And, just, you know, seeing that from, you know, from where he came, from when we was talking all the way from last year and the doubtfulness that we had and, you know, the organization had, you know, due to the lack of his effort on, on the other end as far as defense, man, he really blossomed into a great player. And you can see the work ethic that he put in, and it definitely paid off for this this stint in the playoff run for sure. He really deserves the bag. I'm gonna definitely say that, man. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. And I don't think anyone from the Clippers would disagree with that for really all year long. Of course, it, it kind of blossomed, like you said, in this playoff run. But you think about just this year in general for him, where he begins the year. You know, Ty, Ty Lue tells him, you're not going to be in the rotation the first 10 or so games. So, you know, he takes yeah. a seat early, stays ready, injuries happen, becomes the starting point guard, plays so many games where they have all these different lineups. He makes big shots, he makes big plays. And then in the playoffs, they start, you know, Beverly comes back from injury the first two games against Dallas, doesn't play a lot. Uh, you know, team goes down 0-2, he goes back in the starting lineup, and then Yep. takes off and is a huge reason why they win that series and then just through the rest of the playoffs on where he was incredible so just his ability like you said to work hard to stay ready in any moment was was huge and uh you know hopefully i think it's going to happen but he should get rewarded with a, a big pay raise for just the the incredible effort he showed and, and the great talent that he is yeah it's got to be a it's got to be a struggle inside yourself as far as the mental um state you know and like you said, all those adversities that he had to overcome of just, you know, seeing him, you know, sitting on a bench and some games he didn't play, you know what I mean, not knowing when he was going to be able to play and all of a sudden now we need you, we need you, and we have to, you know, work through you and stuff like that. And, you know, he didn't he didn't take it as far as like a, like I told you type thing. He, he, he took it as far as like what the team needed, I'm going to provide and do everything I possibly can, man, and definitely show. It was really great to see him actually – um, you know, just just hold his own, and uh, offense and defense as well too, and and be that extra, you know, that star power that needed, you know, when Kawhi definitely went down, you know, that Reggie um, did an amazing job with for sure. Yeah, and that that team first kind of mentality from from Reggie really kind of permeated the rest of the roster too, where you know that happened up and down, especially in the playoffs where you know. Beverly and Zubats weren't really a factor in the first round because of the matchup, but they didn't complain. Yeah. They stayed ready and then ended up being big factors in, you know, the, the Utah and Phoenix series, respectively. And then, you know, similar for other guys. You know, Marcus Morris, he dealt with some injuries, but game six against Utah, Terrence Mann was rolling. Ty Lue, you know, yeah. kept Morris on the bench. He was there cheering as loud as anyone. So really everyone on the team had that, that kind of mentality where if they weren't in, they were still in there for their guys and their team. And uh, it just felt like a really, you know, special group, and 
especially, you know, not to harp everything back to a year ago, but the, the contrast felt so different from a team that kind of floundered and, and gave up in a tough moment, or this year, every time they were hit with a punch, they came back stronger and, and really showed that grit in that fight. So it was, it was, you know, it's disappointing, as we said, that they didn't get to their ultimate goal, but uh, it's hard to, to really look down on this this team and how hard they fought and how impressive they've been. It's, you know, for the Clippers, the furthest they've ever been and, and the best team this franchise has ever had. Yep. Yep, I definitely agree. They overcame some boundaries, man. They definitely did. To come back 3-1 both times and, and, and finish off strong and then try to do it again, um, you know, hats off to the Phoenix Suns. I definitely got to say that more than anything. They actually came with crazy firepower too. They were, they were, you know, going through some tough hills as far as Chris Paul being, you know what I mean, set back through during COVID, you know, and missing a game, and you know, a lot of those things played a toll in them too. And they wanted it just as bad as the Clippers, you know. That's no doubt about it for sure. Um, Monte actually had those guys rocking, you know, and they they actually believed, and you know, hats off to them. As far as the effort, you know, Chris Paul, phenomenal um, leadership that he showed, and just his bounce back from, you know, the the game that he's been missed, you know, for I think eleven games that he wasn't. I mean, how many games did he actually? He set off for one game, but he probably wasn't playing for like four or five days. You know what I mean? And yeah, you know, yeah. Seen the rush from him, and then you know have a monstrous forty-one point game. You know, from that standpoint, the game six was crazy. Yeah, he missed he missed games one and two, and then. Uh, yeah, no, he really, it's interesting, he really struggled for pretty much three, four, and five, and then game six, even mm-hmm. the first half, he was just kind of mosing out there, and then he obviously found that extra gear in the second half and, and really went off to close it out, and, and like you said at the beginning, too, you know, they're, in any playoff run, there's going to be injuries and a certain amount of luck, and you give, of course, the Suns credit for, you know, they're tough, they played hard, they played you know, physical brand of basketball and made the plays when they needed to. So, you know, despite any injuries and how, you know, the Nets might feel, the the Clippers might feel, the Lakers might feel, you still got to go out there and win. And, and Phoenix obviously did it, so you give them their credit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, we don't want to bury the lead. Obviously, we're, we're almost 10 minutes into this, fir- in this episode right now, and we haven't really gotten deep into Paul George yet, who I think has been you know, getting more of the recognition that, that he probably has deserved for a while, but uh, yeah. a big-time playoff run from Paul George where you look at the stats, he averaged 27 points, 9.5 rebounds, 5 assists. Those numbers went up, of course, when Kawhi went out. It's more like 30, 11, and 6, and, you know, the big 41-point game in Game 5. Uh, as you said, maybe ran out of gas a little bit in Game 6. Still didn't score under 20 points in his entire 20-game playoff run, which is you know, in terms of playoff runs, the only other players ever to do that, Kobe, Michael, and Kevin Durant, and now Paul George. So it, it kind of puts into context how consistent he was during these playoffs, and especially coming back off of the bubble last year. It was just a, a really nice kind of redemption tour for George, who, you know, I think it's kind of gotten swept under the rug, but he obviously had been dealing with that foot injury all year, too. Never used it as an excuse, kept, you know, yeah. grinding through it, and just really had a... Uh, a strong playoff run emerged as a true leader for this team and um, just, you know, really, really impressive stuff from Paul George. No, all the way across the board for sure. He's a, he's a leader, man, for sure. Um, I didn't even know nothing about his foot injury at all. That's what's crazy about it that you <laughs> said that. Um, yeah, so that being said, man, Paul George is, you know, he's a phenomenal player. Playoff P is definitely back in full effect. 
um, it would have been really nice to see him, you know, um, doing, you know, going to war with, you know, Kawhi Leonard as well, too. Um, you know, one of those things that I definitely got to understand, and I want people to understand that Paul George is definitely a superstar. He's not an all-star by no means. He's a superstar, you know, even though that um, some people expect him to do, you know, crazy Jordan Kobe numbers every single night. You got to let him play into his role. You know, he's a, he's a smooth 15-footer. He'll kill you assassin type player. But at the same time, he's not going to be, you know, showing out for 48 minutes of the game. You know, he's spot on of what he does, and it's efficient. You know what I mean? Even just the last game five, 11 points, four rebounds, four assists in the second half. And I'm hearing commentators bash him, like, oh, we need more sightings of Paul George. Where is he at in a time like this? And I'm like, the man is doing everything he possibly can, you know what I mean, for what he has to work with. And it just goes to show to me that, you know, this team was built around Paul George of, you know, the the, the characteristics of what he does on the court. And it takes time for him to actually get going. And we know that now because he has slow starts. And I shouldn't even slow say slow starts. It, you know, he'll come out and kill. Even when he had 41 points, he'll kill. But at the same time, um, I think that we got to understand Paul George's way of doing things is his way of doing things. And it's really appreciative of just the numbers and the stats that you said, of, you know, even though he doesn't get his roses of what he's doing right now. But I'm really respectful of how hard he's working. and She's trying to actually achieve that goal with the little bit that he has for sure. Yeah, the Game 5 thing was funny. I felt the same way about the commentary, too, where, of course, you know, Paul George is the star. He needs to step up. But at the same time, I was kind of watching the same thing that you were. And there's so many things to take take into account where it's one, the team is winning at the time they're saying this. Other guys have it going. He's kind of, he's picking his he's picking his spots. He's, like you said, first half, 11-4-4. Four, four, so, you know, not otherworldly, but solid. Uh, and then you, you, you take into account... We mentioned the, the fatigue factor for the team. They haven't had more than one day off in a month and a half. So he's, like you said, maybe it's a pacing it thing where he's picking his spots. He's finding where to be aggressive. The team, other guys have it going, so he's setting them up. And as always, he's always playing the other end of the floor as good as and as well as anyone where, you know, I don't know if that gets taken into account a lot where there, you know, there are plenty of superstars who hide on defense or don't necessarily have to work a lot. Paul George is often guarding the other team's first or second best player and putting out a ton of effort and still able to perform on the other end of the floor as well. So, you know, that commentary, it, it took until he basically hit about 40 for it finally to be like, all right, let's give this guy some credit. But, it's, you know, not only the points, he's re- mentioned the rebounding, basically 10 rebounds a game in these playoffs, which for, you know, a 6-7 wing is incredible. He's also... The, the primary point guard facilitator averaging about six, seven assists. So as you said, doing it all in every single level. Um, so that criticism felt a little, a little odd and, and over the top, yeah. but, but he said he responded to it and ended up just going crazy in that second half of game five and, and finished that one with 41. Yeah. I just believe that, you know, Paul George, he's not a finished project. I think he has more to give and more to grow into and more knowledge. You know what I mean? That's going to be coming to his way of, of, you know, understanding his game for sure. So, um, with that being said, it's just going to be scary to watch him develop into, you know, a serious problem. And his time hasn't came yet. You know, you got to think of Chris Paul, who's been waiting double X amount of years, maybe 16, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, you know, gets, just to get to this point, you know. So, 
basketball is a crazy thing where everybody has a ticket waiting for their time and number to be called. And as much as we try to rush the issue, the basketball guys haven't responded in our favor yet, you know what I mean, for the Clippers to get to this point where we all wish they want to be. But, you know, when it does happen, it's going to be a scary sighting for Chris. I mean, for uh, Paul George, for sure. Yeah, and it said they didn't get to the ultimate goal. Uh, you know, it's disappointing in that fashion, but I think a lot to be proud of from this year's team. And, uh, you know, they did get further than they've ever been. So, as you said, it it might not be exactly what you want, but chipping away, making those steps, and at least one kind of big step forward for this team and this franchise that's been, you know, we talked about it last time, a 50-plus year kind of weight on the shoulders that at least that's really, you know, released and relieved, and now you can kind of move forward from there and, and like you said, hope for yeah. some luck and some health. I think this team, you know, I'm sure there'll be some minor tweaks in the offseason. You obviously need to, to re-sign Kawhi Leonard, which is a huge thing, but if you bring back generally the the same group of guys, I, you know, I think you feel pretty confident about this type of team considering what we've seen through this run where, you know, they essentially beat the number one seed Utah with without their best player in Kawhi Leonard and, and, take, and take Phoenix, you know, give them all they can handle as well. So, you know, you get healthy and hope for the right things at the right time, and, you know, maybe next year's a different story. Sure. No, I think <laughs> we got a new wall to, to breach now. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I look at it. We, we knocked down one, now we got a new wall to breach. And the best thing about it is that we definitely seen ourselves. We've seen the, the team grow outside their shells, and we just can't look back and, and, and go back you know, to the old ways, we got to actually keep going and prevail for sure. Yeah, no question. Uh, one thing that I think we should touch on just because I think it'd be odd if, if we just don't talk about it the whole show, but, you know, the yeah. the end of the game, Patrick Beverly, the push with Chris Paul, um, you know, he apologized on Twitter the day after to Chris Paul saying his emotions got the best of him. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, we, we love Pat Bev. I think he, obviously he knows and, you know, anyone knows the wrong thing to do, the whatever was said throughout the series at the game, uh, whatever antics Chris Paul has with his flopping and flailing all over the place. And, you know, he he likes to, to set that table to get other players frustrated, but you can't take that bait and go that far. So, um, you know, a disappointing thing for Beverly, who I think, you know, that's going to be the story now, unfortunately, when he was phenomenal, in, especially in this series in, against yeah. Phoenix where you know that's going to kind of get pushed to the back burner uh, where he was so so good and so important and then this kind of becomes the story for that so I just thought it was it was disappointing you know obviously say that yeah, it's, it, it's never right to do something like that he should have apologized he did um, but I just you know it, it's disappointing in that fact and the fact that it takes away from such a strong run from Beverly who's you know been such an important part of the team yeah for sure um you know, Pat Beverly is definitely one of those guys that's always provoking and poking the bear. Now he's the bear that got poked, you know, from that standpoint. Um, I think that, you know, Chris Paul, he did two phenomenal things in game six to actually um, quiet the, 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 the fans down and change the whole setting of the of the game, you know, and he does it well with his antics, like he said, um, just flopping, you know what I mean, that one possession for <laughs> He flopped with Cousins, and Cousin actually, you know what I mean, brushed him off, and he flopped and held his neck, and 
that kind of changed the momentum. I think they were, you know, getting close to being, you know, down by like four or five points at that time. And they had the momentum. And then, you know, the referees overturned and looked at the film and got things all, you know, out of shape, you know, for the Clippers. And he did that very well discreetly. Um, at the same time, those were huge changes as veteran that Chris Paul is, man. He he gets underneath your skin. Yeah. You know, I, we see it over time and time, you know, from from Westbrook, from, you know, everybody that you can think of. Mm-hmm. He's a knack from that standpoint on. And um, I think uh, it just sucks to actually see, you know, um, all the hard work and effort and that be the main focus of him actually shoving, you know, Chris Paul on his back. And, you know, that's unfortunate. But at the same time, uh, you don't you don't actually, you know, have to actually uh, – I just look at it as an ugly situation where you can't really look at that um, throughout the whole scene. But he had to apologize more than anything. Yeah, I'm glad he apologized for that, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, obviously, never something you want to see again from in that situation. But hopefully, something Pat can learn from. We know that it's especially for a player like him, where you mentioned that he plays with such an insane level of intensity that you know might be hard to turn off, especially in a in a playoff series. But but he obviously took it too far there. So, uh, but uh, you know, on the point of the momentum thing, exactly, you're exactly right. Because I was in the building for Game Six atmosphere was crazy you know maybe one of the best crowds i've seen at a clippers game and, and they've had some great playoff crowds before but this was you know i don't know if it's because you know western conference finals obviously but you know coming out of the pandemic packed house you know whatever it is it was uh it was electric in there and you mentioned they had just cut the lead to seven um clippers then next possession have a you know breakdown chris paul gets wide open for a three hits it and then that next possession is the one where he makes the layup and then the flop afterward with Cousins where, like you said, then then they're going to the monitors, then things are slowed down, and then kind of all of that momentum of the 10-0 run the Clippers had is is kind of wiped away. So, you know, I guess you give Chris Paul, you know, credit for that in a sense. I think that uh, when, when we heard the, the league mention earlier this year that they're going to look into, you know, altering the rules where, you know, players, what they call it, awkward illegal motion plays where they're kind of jumping out of their way to draw fouls uh you know people usually think of James Harden or Trey Young with that but in this playoff series before Chris Paul was on a whole nother level I I don't know if I've ever seen anyone flail and fall as much he might you know if he wasn't such a great basketball player he'd be out there playing soccer he was going crazy (laughs) just flopping all over the place earlier in the series the one where they somehow got Beverly for a flagrant. Chris Paul almost hurt himself just bicycle kicking in the air. You know, he was just doing wild things, kicking out his legs yeah. like Reggie Miller on every jumper. So uh, hopefully that's something that the league can kind of crack down on where, you know, especially for guys like Chris Paul, you're so good, you're so talented, just play the game. We don't need to, you know, he's smart enough that he knows he can get an advantage in that way. But uh, the flopping stuff was at a whole other level in this series. Yeah, it's a huge advantage. I mean, if you're seeing some guy flop like that, you kind of, like, don't want to be, you know, close to him, touching him because, you know, you think you're going to get a foul for sure. So he uses that to his advantage, man. Every time he comes off the screen somebody's touching him, he's flopping left and right, you know. And it's ridiculous to a point where they have to address it and do something. Um, but, yeah, they, they uh, you know, game five, it was pretty amazing to watch these guys, you know, um, actually come out in the beginning. And play strong against all these guys that um, you know against the Phoenix Suns, and 
it didn't have a toll as far as, you know, the flopping and all that. They let him play. It was more physical. Game six, it was a little bit more, you know what I mean, on edge because it was a game six. And it actually played a role, you know, in the, in the Phoenix Suns' favor. Yeah, and, and, you know, there were certain things for, for the Clippers. Obviously, being shorthanded didn't help. You know, I think Ty Lu, who we'll talk about in a minute as well, who did such a phenomenal job. Yeah. You know, he was kind of riding Boogie Cousins for the offensive boost and then, you know, the Suns were yeah. able to take advantage of that, kind of getting him in pick and rolls in that fourth quarter and, you know, whether it was fatigue as well. But I think that's where Chris Paul kind of got real hot, where, you know, in other games in the series, the Clippers are either small with Batum and Morris and guys that can switch that and guard Paul better up on those mid-ranges, or, of course, Zubats yeah. with his ability to do that. Uh, and, you know, it was just it's a little bit tougher ask for someone like Cousins, who especially off some injuries is you know, a little bit slower footed and, and just tougher for him to handle out there. So I think, you know, being shorthanded, being fatigued, trying to push those right buttons, it was just defensively, I think that was tough for them in the fourth quarter. And, and like you said, just kind of running out of gas in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and what do you think of, of Ty Lue? We've talked about this playoff run for him and, uh, you know, comparing it to, to previous runs for the Clippers, but so many adjustments, so many up and down moments just for the team where he had to kind of keep the ship steady with down 0-2 yeah. in round one, down 0-2 in round two, down 0-2 in round three, down 3-1, <laughs> and just always finding a response and, and getting this team to, to you know, play their hardest, play their best at the right moments. And we said push those yeah. rotational adjustments time and time again in different games, different series where different guys asked to be ready and, and pretty much everyone was. And just, uh, you know, what were your thoughts on Tyler and what he did? Man, Tyrone... Tyloo has been phenomenal all the way since preseason and and regular season. Then on, you know, I mean, he had you know chances to actually um, he had ways of doing things that was a lot different than other coaches that we're familiar with. But he had to put his mark in and stamp onto the team and letting them know that he's going to hold everybody accountable, you know, no matter what. And it definitely showed his leadership from that point of whatever that they came out on, I think in game five, they came out on a two, three zone, you know, the very first four possessions. And it led to something that was pretty amazing. Them shooting crazy outside shots. They was in great rebound position. They were using their length, their, their, their wingspan and getting rebounds and pushing the momentum. And you seen the transition that started from them actually changing something so small like that. And, and the, the, the starting five that they had out there, um, it had to be something that, you know, uh, a coach had to see differently and have to make that executional change and, and believe that that was going to do something to actually turn around the momentum of the series. So throughout the whole series, man, um, you know, Lou has been a phenomenal coach. Um, hats off to him and what he's done in just a short amount of time in one year. It's kind of hard to do something like that in one year. And um, the expectations was through the roof. Um, he was held under the fire. And he cannot be judged for what he's done. It's been phenomenal, even all the way down across the assistant coaches as well um, throughout in. Yeah, no no question about it. I think Ty Lue, you know, he, he's starting to get that credit that he deserves. You know, he, he, of course, is an NBA championship coach. A lot of people attribute that to, of course, LeBron, who, you know, one of the best players of all time. Um, but I think people are seeing what a truly good coach Ty Lue is now and the the adjustments he can make, the the offense that he can run, the you know just everything when it comes down to basketball and, and playoff basketball as well, where 
You know, we saw it in Cleveland as well. Same thing here where he's still going to work hard to win games in the regular season, but he'll he'll hold some tricks in his bag for the playoffs where he's got different schemes and things that he'll basically hold on to all year long to wait to use them in the playoffs and make those adjustments. So just yeah. a really smart, savvy coach who I think is one of the better coaches in the league and I think a, really a perfect fit for this group where he knows how to talk yeah. to the individual player, get the best out of everyone where – you know, he said it himself. Different players react differently. So knowing how to talk to each player where he was like, Paul George needs something a little more positive when you're talking to him. And, you know, Kawhi Leonard, you can talk to him, you know, any specific way or, you know, down the line where he knows how to talk to his guys and get the most out of his players. And uh, it's been uh, it's been really fun to see what he's brought out of this team and I think what he can do for them going forward. Yeah, for sure. I think so, for sure, too. You know, and, and hats off to to Chauncey Billups, man. <laughs> if he ever does listen, uh, for getting that role to um, support the Trailblazers, I think that's amazing fit for him as well, too. Yeah, uh, but it's going to have to move for have him move on as as much as we wanted him to actually stay, because we know how how easy it is for him to push off and rub off all the leadership that he's had onto the um, generation that's, you know, Reggie Jacksons and all the guards. And even I can see it into the young fella um, that's been playing phenomenal, that's been starting at the four, man. What's my man's name? Guys, man, the man. Man, yes, the (laughs) man, yeah. It's been phenomenal to see that transition of those guys growing up um, inside themselves. And I know it had to do something with Chauncey Billups' leadership more than anything, for sure. Yeah, you know, the team... Even guys like Paul George and, and Kawhi have credited Chauncey for helping them, you know, take steps forward in their game as well. So know that he's a guy that connects well with, with his players and his team. So um, getting that head yeah. coaching shot in Portland and know that, that he's your guy from Detroit. So, um, you know, good luck, obviously, to Chauncey going forward. And, um, you know, we'll keep keep things rolling on this podcast going forward. We're not going to – this episode, we're not going to dive as deep into the future in terms of the offseason. We'll get into that more next week and – let things settle a little yeah. bit here, but um, as we said at the top, I think a just a little just disappointing because you want the team to win it all. But in terms of being disappointed in the guys or embarrassed or anything like that, what it felt last year, the the complete opposite. Uh, I think Clipper fans can be and they are really proud of this team and these guys for fighting through a lot and uh, you know hopeful of a lot of these same guys coming back and hopefully you know, a more fortuitous, fortunate run next year when they can uh, go for the title again. For sure. You know what I mean? We, we lasted longer than the than the Lakers, you know. <laughs> it's been a minute to say that, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's promising. Um, that's scary more so that, you know, that they can actually get it to another level. Um, and we've seen it, you know. So definitely hats off to these guys for working hard, man. Nothing but great things, just getting healthy, um, stand stand together and just keep building from this standpoint on. I'm looking forward to you know the next season and here on out for sure. Yeah, it'll be uh, you know obviously we'll we'll keep track of the NBA Finals and what goes on with that when it's Phoenix versus mm-hmm. you know Milwaukee's up three two right now. Could be Phoenix Bucks, could be Phoenix Hawks, but we'll, we'll talk about that as well on the upcoming episodes. But uh, we'll get ready for what will be a pretty short off season since we're already into July here and then we get back on the normal schedule. So. Uh, you know, relatively quick off season. We'll be here to cover it all. But Alex, um, thanks for chopping it up here and through this whole crazy, interesting, fun season. Through you know, <laughs> uh, starting with with no crowds and then ending with a packed house. Uh, you know, hopefully a sign of good things we'll to come back, in the future. Man. 
Yeah, we back for sure. <laughs> We're back. Um, Alex, thanks again. And thank you guys out there for listening. As always, you can follow us wherever you get your podcasts, also Believe.com. We'll talk to you again next week to break it all down on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Go Clips. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.